Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Thank you so much. Yay. Somebody just say fire. Say freedom. Breakthrough. No limits. Wow. Anybody else blessed this morning by worship and the presence of the Lord here? And my, oh my. Hey, before I get going, I've got someone with me, Brian Forrest. Why don't you come on up? Yeah. Some of you know Brian. And I wanted him just to greet you uh, this morning, and he'll tell you why this is a very special place. Everybody say, hi, Brian. Wow, it is so incredible to be here. Bethel Atlanta, you have a building. Gosh, you went from ABC to Sandy Creek to that Baptist church in front of that retaining pond, and you're out in the tents in the rain, and, and now your vision has come to pass. And brother, thank you for that word. Yeah. Brother Cole, I see an anointing of Rick Warren on you. There's a book, a revelation inside of you that's going to cross the secular divide and invite people into the kingdom through that revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm Brian Forrest. I'm currently serving Steve Backlund in Igniting Hope Ministries as part of my third year at BSSM in Redding, California. In uh, the summer of 2015, I came to Atlanta with a group of people for a worship event. And after the worship event on the Sunday, we were trying to decide where to go to church. And a friend said words that were going to alter the next 10 years of my life. He said, you know, Bethel has a church here. And I said, Bethel's a church? And so we came over to the ABC building and I walked into the threshold of worship and I stopped and I said, I don't know what's in here, but I want it. And we went into worship, it was the best hour of worship I've ever experienced. Vanessa was leading with bread and wine. And for the first time in my life, I encountered the manifest presence of God. I got physically consumed by the presence. And at the end of worship, I turned to this stranger to my right, this woman in her 40s, and I said, ma'am, you don't have to worry about anything anymore. Jesus is gonna be your husband. And she said, three months ago, I lost my husband. It's the first time I ever prophesied over anybody. And I left Bethel Atlanta that day to go home, but the manifest presence didn't leave me. I lived in it for three months straight. And that summer, Jesus said, come home, and that meant come back to Bethel Atlanta. I came in 2016 to do the school here. Had the privilege of sitting under Steve and Lindy and Jen and uh, Justin and Blake Healy. And during that year, I had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I went through a personal revival. Our class of 65 saw an outpouring of salvations. Our class led over 500 people to the Lord. I see Scott right there, he was in my class. And at the end of the year, if it wasn't already a dream to be here, my class honored to be by nominating me to give the message at graduation. And then I went home. Went home and went back to corporate America, raising a family and coaching soccer. And In 2020, right at the outset of the pandemic, I put in an offer on a house. I went to bed that night and I had a dream that I was having lunch with Pastor Johnson in a school cafeteria and Bethel Worship was behind us. And I woke up and I said, nope, not doing that. (laughs) Next day they accepted the offer and I went to bed that night and I had a dream. I was standing outside the Charlotte airport. I had an airline ticket. It just said Redding, California. Three months later, I went to Reading to start the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry for the second time in five years, left my family, left my house, left my cars, pursuing the presence of God. During the first year, this guy I'd never heard of came to speak to our first year class. For 90 minutes, I laughed my butt off. (laughs) I heard revelation I'd never heard before, heard truth I'd never heard before. And when I got done, I said, Jesus, I don't know what your plan is, but I would love to do life with this guy. And as it worked out, I got to do life with this guy. Bethel Atlanta, this is a apostolic leader. He is a prophetic teacher. He is my mentor. And if you could one more time, it would bless my heart if you would honor Steve Backlund. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, thank you. Wow. 
Thank you so much. And so good to have Brian here. And he just speaks so highly of the influence this house has had on his life. And by the way, when Brian was speaking, radical obedience just got released. Radical obedience. Because this guy walks in radical obedience. So I'm on staff at Bethel Church, Redding, California. <clears throat> Been connected to Bill Johnson since 1991. And I love what's happening there. I love what's happening in this movement. Love this church. And, and Lauren, thank you so much for your leadership. Steve and Lindy, thank you just for the connection through the years and your team. And uh, just has been what a... What, what, what a joy, and Justin and Jen just, you know, got to perform their marriage ceremony years ago, which, which was good. Dan was on the coast, North Coast, California, met him there, and, and we have a ministry, my wife and I have a ministry called Igniting Hope, and we have an assignment to ignite hope, because there's no hopeless circumstances, there's just people who do not have hope. Hope is an unstoppable force. Uh, if something's gonna change, somebody has hope. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present and I have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present and I and we have the power to help make it so. By the way, the Lord is delivering people in this service from pessimism. This is a pessimism deliverance service. <laughs> uh, our hope level determines our influence level and he who is the most hope has the most influence. God shows Ezekiel a valley of very dry bones. And, and by the way, the Lord's not afraid of us seeing how dry things are. Faith is not denial. Faith doesn't deny there's issues or problems, but, but faith doesn't get its beliefs out of what it sees and feels. We don't deny the bones are dry, we just don't get our beliefs out of its dryness. We don't deny there's dryness in America, but we don't get our beliefs out of what we see. I used to only renew my mind with my feelings and past experience. It's all I came into agreement with. Yes, amen. You know, I don't feel powerful, therefore I, I don't believe I'm powerful. Let's laugh at that. <laughs> I don't feel righteous, therefore I don't believe I'm righteous. Let's laugh at that as well. Ha ha. Because if I, if I f was righteous, I'd feel righteous. Ha ha. <laughs> I was listening to a message by T.D. Jakes a while back and He's got a great ministry, obviously, a world-impacting ministry out of Dallas. And he was, he was, he started ministry in, in West Virginia. And he talks about how he was in an impoverished state at that time. <laughs> I mean, he says if his power was on, his water, his water was shut off. <laughs> his water was on, his power was shut off because he couldn't pay the bill. And I remember he, he walked into his house uh, and, and he said this to his house, you're lying to me. You're lying to me because you're trying to tell me something and I'm not receiving it. You're trying to tell me who I am and you're trying to tell me what my potential is. You're lying to me. By the way, there's people in this meeting who are going to get massive breakthrough. There's already been massive breakthrough. 
but there's going to be people in this meeting who are, are, are going to say that you're lying to me. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, it's, it's probably you. <laughs> Let me just give you some verses here and then let's go. Romans 12.1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Someone say amen to that. And I remember as a, just as a, I got saved at 19, and I lived the first 15 years of my Christian life in that verse of giving my body as living sacrifice, sacrificing my heart, my will, surrendering it all, and how many know that's important? But the Lord said, Steve, I, I love your heart for Romans 12, 1, but if you're gonna see transformation, I need to move you into Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and excellent and perfect will of God. Transformation doesn't come from surrendering your heart, it comes from surrendering your beliefs. We grew up in a culture thinking our lack of breakthrough because we hadn't surrendered our heart enough. My wife, Wendy, she's crying out to God, I give you my heart, I give you my heart. I guess I, I can't give you my heart. Just take my heart. <laughs> and God says, Wendy, I have your heart. Now I need your mind. Now I need you to surrender how you think. And I've shared some of this before, but I want to give this as a foundation. And we found out this, that surrendering our, our beliefs is more challenging than surrendering our hearts. Because the beliefs we need to surrender are called strongholds. You know why they're called a stronghold? Because they have a stronghold. <laughs> Kind of makes sense. <laughs> the Lord says, uh, hey, Steve, can you surrender the belief that you're uh, inferior to other leaders? And can, can you surrender the belief that there's something uniquely wrong with you? But Lord, those feel so true. Doesn't that mean they are true if they feel this true? He said, no. No. Feelings don't validate truth. They just validate what you believe is true. Feelings don't validate truth. They just validate what you believe is true. If you... If you want a different emotion, we need a different belief. Sometimes we're just fighting emotions. Ah, you know, I feel bad. I'm going to try not to feel bad. I got to ask, what am I believing that's causing that belief, that feeling? The, the question to ask in the morning is not, how do I feel today? The question to ask in the morning is, what am I going to believe today? What do I believe today? What am I going to believe? The kingdom is moved forward by good beliefs. 
we're called believers, it should tip us off on what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> the, the question of the hour is not, Lord, what should I do? The question of the hour is, Lord, what should I believe? What should I believe in this season? What should I renew my mind with? And it's always going to be something higher than what you're feeling and experiencing. <laughs> it's called faith. Always going to be something higher. So surrendering, surrendering beliefs. And we surrender any belief. How, you know, we, so how do we know what beliefs to surrender? We, we surrender any belief that doesn't have hope attached to it. The nature of deception is, is that we don't know we're deceived. One of the main ways that we, the main indicators of deception is hopelessness. Because all our strongholds are protected by hopelessness. Once we start getting hope, our strongholds can't last. <laughs> and I mean, I. I'm still learning this. And man, I mean, there's never a convenient time to radically renew your mind. I've never, I mean, there's never a convenient time to be radically joyful. I've never found, oh, it's all lined up right now. Yep, amen. Amen, it's all lined up. Yep, I'm not battling any personal weaknesses. All the people in my life are doing what I think they should be doing. Uh-huh. I have all the money I need. I'm not hearing any negative news in the media. Amen, now, now I'm gonna renew my mind. Now I'm gonna walk in radical joy, yes, amen. That's just ridiculous. It's never convenient. It's never convenient. There has to come a time in our life where we go for it. There has to be a time. Just say, I'm going for it. I mean, I think about, you know, Moses, he, in Numbers 13, he sends out 12 spies, spy out the promised land and what God had already given them. And they come back after 40 days 10 of them didn't understand their assignment and thought they were supposed to come back with a conclusion on whether they could win or not. The Lord had already given it to them. And they, they said it's a great place, but the problems are too big. It's too big. The ites are too big. The bones are too dry. Yep. We wish we would have been born at a different time. Ha <laughs> ha. But Joshua and Caleb had a different perspective. It's interesting that two groups of people saw the exact same set of circumstances and put a different conclusion on what they saw. Someone just go, hmm, 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 hmm. <laughs> the circumstance is not as important as the conclusion that you place on it. What's going on in your life is not as important as the conclusion you place on it. What's going on in your family is not as important as the conclusion that you place on it. I mean, you got Joshua and Caleb, they were the two who said, we can do this. Just say, we, we can do this. And I understand Joshua, because he spent time in the tent of meeting, in the glory. By the way, I love what Justin shared today. Whew, man. I understand him. But this Caleb guy, this Caleb guy, he had a different spirit. He had a different spirit. He hung out with all the pessimists, all the people with victim mindsets, 
all the people grumbling against authority, and he broke out of the pack. Just say, I'm breaking out of the pack. He said, I'm not thinking this way. And he, 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 became, he and Joshua became the key people actually eventually entered in. And I'm talking today to Caleb's. That's who I'm talking to. I, I have this sense that, I mean, the Lord's already been doing things, whether you're in person or online. I have this sense that, that this meeting is releasing a grace on you to go for it, to radically renew your minds. And I, I see this, Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. I see him finishing your belief systems in this season in an incredible way. He's doing it. Just say, he's doing it. I mean, again, it was never convenient. I, I, when I was learning this stuff, I had all these things that were telling me I was a failure. Let me tell you some of them, and you can laugh after each one. I had a non-successful car. <laughs> My salary and bank account was not successful. <laughs> My hair was starting to get non-successful. <laughs> Let's give an extra laugh on that one. <laughs> My church size was not successful. Ha ha. Ha ha. My home at that time, which was a single wide old trailer sitting next to the church called the Parsonage, <laughs> was not successful. <laughs> You're lying to me. You're lying to me. You're trying to define me. You're trying to tell me what to renew my mind with, and I'm not going to do it. And I, I slipped in. I'm not saying I did it perfectly. I, I renewed my mind with my feelings and my past still, but not as much. And I got, began to get breakthrough. I began to get breakthrough. God is an equal opportunity God. He's no respecter of persons. Nobody's past can block their future, but current beliefs can. The past doesn't have the power to hinder our future, but the conclusions that we make based on the past do. Well, when I first began to realize that my beliefs were my problem, I got discouraged. <laughs> it's a lot easier to blame the devil. <laughs> now the devil's after me again. <laughs> yep, yeah. you know, or to blame people. I'm a victim of the people around me. If I had better people. <laughs> or a victim of my past. Man, if I could be like Bill Johnson at Bethel Church, a fifth-generation pastor's son. Instead, I'm a first-generation, insecure, burnout, paranoid hippie <laughs> who got saved. Got some baggage that pops up every once in a while. Bill doesn't have that. Ha-ha. <laughs> no, but then he says, Steve, you're just a victim of your own bad beliefs. Thanks, Lord. <laughs> always comes back to me. You're always trying to tell me I'm powerful. Ha-ha. <laughs> just say, I'm powerful. So just going after the right things. The, the greatest spiritual warfare 
is in our thinking. That's where the warfare is. It says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5, it says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. And it says, we demolish arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, taking every what? How many thoughts? How many is that? Wow. <laughs> every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, captive to what Christ won through his obedience for us. Captive to that. Captive to my biblical identity. Captive to all that he won for me. And so the only command that's given in the greatest spiritual warfare passage most quoted in the Bible is to think differently. Is to think differently. And it's used the word strongholds. Now, strongholds are developed through repetitious agreement Let's talk about negative strongholds. Obviously, we can get positive ones. But negative strongholds are developed through regular agreement with lies. Just agreeing with lies, whether the lies are coming from somebody that's been spoken to us, the lie of getting our beliefs from our past experience, the, the lies of what our feelings are trying to tell us who we are and what our potential is. It's, it's when we come into agreement with that because mind renewal, even though it's talking in Romans 12 too about positive mind renewal, mind renewal again is whatever I come into agreement with. Whatever I agree is true, I ever get my amen to. I mean, it can be as simple as agreeing that I don't remember names well. Let's just laugh at that. Uh -huh. Yeah, amen, I've had a lot of experience. Yeah, I don't remember names well, yes, amen. I'm a person who doesn't remember names well, yes. I give my amen to that. Then I build a bigger stronghold. I am the one who doesn't remember names well. Ha uh ha, -huh. let's laugh at that again. Ha uh ha. -huh. And then I creating my experience not remembering names well to a higher level then I say see I told you so that's just ridiculous I had someone I'm 2001 I'm pastoring I moved from Round Mountain Nevada to pastor in Weaverville California the first week I'm there someone comes up to me and says Steve this city is hard for the gospel I knew if I believed that, I knew if I agreed with that and renewed my mind with that, I'd become the biggest problem in my city. I'd be the regional principality. <laughs> I thought I'd just throw that one out here. See, see how that flew with the Bethel Atlanta crowd. <laughs> I'd be it, man. Yeah. I'd be the problem. I'd be a bigger problem than a bunch of Satanists in my city. I'm the head, not the tail. We don't deny it's been hard, but we don't call it hard. The moment we call it hard, that becomes the stronghold. That's it. That's it. That's the thing. That's the thing that's blocking what God wants to do. I remember basically the Lord said, Steve, I want to change you from being a thermometer to being a thermostat. Because all you do is you're just a thermometer. You just, you just, all you talk, you think and say is what you're experiencing and feeling. So I'd say things like this. I, I'd say, nobody around here wants to get saved. Let's laugh at that. 
I would say every time I move forward in God, I get attacked by the devil. Ha uh ha. -huh. He called me on that one. He said, Steve, how come you say every time you move forward in me, you get attacked by the devil? Oh, well, Lord, the reason I say every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil is because every time I move forward in you, I get attacked by the devil. <clears throat> That's why I say it. That's why I say it. <laughs> and I heard this. It, it, it's, Steve, it's true for you, but it's not truth. It's true for you. It's true because that's what you renew your mind with. So you, you create that experience. But it's not truth. He says, Steve, how come you talk more about the attack of the devil than my protection? Ah, <clears throat> uh, well, Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, I saw, if I saw more of your protection, I would talk about it more. Ha, ha, ha. Well, why don't you talk about it? Because I'm, I'm calling you to be a thermostat. I'm calling you to be a thermostat in your thinking and in your talking. I want you to say, I'm breaking out of the pack. Just say, I'm going for it. Just say, I'm a modern day Caleb. Whatever our strongholds are, we're constantly looking for proof to confirm what we already believe is true. So if my stronghold is, is I'm a person with little favor, I like to laugh at things, let's just laugh at this, you are a person with little favor, ha <laughs> ha. If that's my belief system, if I believe that, then I'm constantly looking for proof to confirm what I already believe is true. I won't even see where I have favor. If I believe America, if I have a stronghold that America is going down the tubes, if that's my belief system, then I'm, I'm constantly looking for proof to confirm what I already believe is true. But if I have a stronghold, you know, and again, we can develop new strongholds. We, we, can, we can, because one of the greatest revelations we can get is that we can choose what to believe. I can choose what to, I can choose what to believe about me. It doesn't feel like it at times, but, but that's true. I get to choose what to believe about you. And you say, well, What, what's a key to help me to believe higher? Well, here, here's a question. I, I was struggling a while back about a family situation and um, I could not get on top of it. I, I came under it. I was doing all the stuff, worshiping, declaring, and still couldn't get inner victory. Anybody ever been there? Yeah, you've ever been there? Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. So I go to my wife. Help! I, 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 I need you. I just, I, I, as she asked me a question, she says, "Steve, what do, what do you need to believe to have hope in that area of your life?" That's the power question. That's the stronghold breaking question. I said, well, I need to believe my prayers are working even if I don't see them working. Imagine that. Huh. I need to believe that anything that maybe that I've contributed to that, Romans 8, 28 is working. All things work together for good. For those who love God are the called according to his prayer. I need to believe Romans 8, 28. Hmm. 
I need to believe that anything God needs me to do about that, he's going to empower me to do it. Man, I started thinking about that. Woo-hoo, I started getting hope. <laughs> Romans 15, 13. We'll begin to wrap this up. Anybody blessed here? Yeah. Romans 15, 13. It says now. Say now. Wins now. Okay, there's an intelligent group here. <laughs> it says, now may the God of hope fill you. When? When you overcome that uh, situation in your life? When? Then? When? Now. Uh-huh. When things start getting better in your nation? Now. Oh, Now. When that family member does what you think they should be doing? Then? Oh, now. <laughs> now. Now may the God of hope fill you. Hmm. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Woohoo! I, I loved your word, by the way. That was such a good offering word. And Hope's got two buddies who hang out with him. One's called all joy. Say all joy. The other's called peace. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say in believing. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You become a hope abounder. You start believing some things and the Holy Spirit gets involved and you start getting so much hope you start abounding around. <laughs> you get the Tigger anointing. I used to have symptoms of the Eeyore anointing. Nobody wants Pastor Eeyore. Hello, everybody. I'm Pastor Eeyore. It's good to see all two of you here. Thanks for coming, Mom. <laughs> I'm in part 85 of my series. Why things are only going to get worse. And my main point today is just keep feeding on the news media. <laughs> then you'll become realistic in your thinking. Ha ha. People don't tend to want to follow hopeless leaders. Romans 15, 13, if you boil it down to its essence, is this. Now may the God of hope fill you in believing. Increasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with truth instead of lies. Increasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with truth instead of lies. Decreasing hope is the evidence that we're re renewing our mind with lies instead of truth. So, so our hope level is really the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth. And, and there's no condemnation if, if we don't have hope. But if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem. I didn't know what my problem was. And it was in that season about 25, 30 years ago that I declared war on my mind and there's been no ceasefire. Because I got the revelation. Romans 12, 2, there's two truths I got. One is current mind renewal creates future experience. God's an equal opportunity God. If I renew my mind that I radically influence nations, just say I radically influence nations. 
if I renew my mind with that truth, I'll transform my future into radically influencing nations. It'll work for everybody. If I renew my mind with the truth, I lay hands on the sick and they recover, I'll transform my future into laying hands on the sick and they will recover. Again, the Lord is releasing grace to believe things higher than what we feel and experience. The other truth about Romans 12 too is that it takes all limits off our lives because there's no limit to how much I can renew my mind so there's no limit to how much I can be transformed. Someone say no limits. And again, I love Romans 12.1, giving our bodies living sacrifice. That's the beginning point of a surrendered heart to Jesus. And then we say, okay, I want to see transformation. This is a house of transformation. This is a house where people have been transformed, where people uh, encounter the presence. They, they behold his glory. They're transformed. And this is a place where people start thinking higher. This is a place where lies get, uh, just, just get eradicated. And what I'm hearing over you, Bethel, Atlanta, is that you're entering a whole new season of brilliant thinking. There's great thinkers in this room. I love the leadership team. There's great thinkers. And, and, and there's, a, there, there's a rising up. There is grace to arise up. There's people who are within the sound of my voice. You've already done powerful things. But I want to say this. The Lord is, is breaking. He's taking the lid off of you. The lid is coming off. You're going higher. You're going farther. There's other people who are living in a restrictive state where you're, you're hemmed in. You feel like T.D. Jakes and you're, you, you just got one thing's not going wrong. The other thing's going wrong. <laughs> I want to tell you, you're not going to stay there. You're not going to stay there. You're coming out of that thing. The Lord wouldn't have you in this meeting if he didn't have hope for you. You guys received this word? I want to give a few books away here, but I want to, I want to just um, do this. If, if you just felt that this was a personal message for you, and you want just to see the grace of God uh, just empowering you towards what I'm talking about today. Just stand to your feet just right now. Just stand to your feet. And I, I just, uh, by the way, we're going to, we have a service tonight. It's going to be a blowout meeting tonight. Man, I tell you. The joy of the Lord's going to be released. There's going to be some, something, something big's going to happen tonight. I mean, I, I feel it. Because we're in an hour of increase. We're, we're, we're in an hour where the Lord's uh, just surprisingly doing things in our lives. And so, Lord, thank you for just those who are standing right now. Thank you for those watching online. Thank you for what you've already done in this meeting. And, and I, I just uh, I release a grace over you right now uh, of just uh, the Caleb breaking out of the pack anointing uh, in your life. I thank you that you have a different spirit like Caleb had. Thank you that this is a season right now uh, where you are going to a level in Jesus that you never thought that you could. And I thank you, Lord, for just grace to break off lies that strongholds are coming down. Thank you, Father, for the establishing of new strongholds within every person here. If you guys 
receive this word, just say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened in me this morning. It was supernatural. It's going to increase. It's going to influence the nations. I'm in a season of breakthrough. Breakthrough in my emotions. Breakthrough in my relationships. Breakthrough in my finances. Breakthrough in my influence. Bethel, Atlanta is a key church in what God is doing. It's a revival releasing church. <laughs> Amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Give him a shout. Yes. Woo. Yeah, give him another shout. The walls are coming down. Strongholds are coming down. Ha <laughs> ha. Wow. You can be seated. I want to I want to talk about one book that I just wrote and if you can put up uh, the slide that has the connect with us slide um, my lovely wife Wendy she sends her love and her greetings yeah she and then our dog buddy who's he's uh, one of my joy mentors he has joy unbarkable and full of glory. But I wrote a book called Fully Convinced, The Art of Decision-Making. And, and it's the art of decision-making not only for what we're gonna do, but more importantly, what we decide we're gonna believe. And my dog, Buddy, he's got a lot of good traits, but he has one tr negative trait that I wanna mention this morning. We, Buddy will be standing by our kitchen slider outside, either barking or indicating in some other way that he wants to come in. I'll open the slider door, and then Buddy just stands there. And I'm thinking Buddy thinks, well, now I'm not so sure I want to come in. You know, I thought I wanted to come in, but now I'm not sure. Because if I go in, I might miss something out here. <laughs> and I'm thinking, buddy, will you just decide? You are powerful. You're powerful. If you want to come in, attach faith that you're supposed to be in and be in. If you want to stay out, I bless you. <laughs> attach faith to it. And the Lord says, Steve, ha ha, will you just decide? Will you just decide? Doubt and double-mindedness is one of the biggest enemies of influencers. And in the book, Fully Convinced, I go after that. And I say, a bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good decision made in doubt. A bad decision made in faith has a greater likelihood of success than a good decision made in doubt. And I'm not talking about sinning in faith. <laughs> I want to clarify. <laughs> But the Lord has so many areas where he says, oh, you do the best job you know how to do in making a decision, and then will you just decide and will you attach faith to who you are and what you're doing? And this is a season where the Lord is breaking off doubt, double-mindedness, insecurity, unworthiness off of people where people are going to be attaching faith to what they're doing. And one of, the, uh, one of the things when we get conformed to the image of Christ, it's not just in our behaviors and our actions, but it's also in our thinking. 
So this is, a, a, I believe, the most powerful book I've written. I want to sew that right there. Yeah, you're a fully convinced man. Another book that came out this year is Declare It. It has 96 different life situations, 15 declarations for each. And because when, we're at, when we ask the question, what am I going to believe today? Sometimes I don't know what to believe. And so we have uh, 96 areas where we give 15 things to believe. Things, 15 things higher to believe than probably what you're feeling and experiencing. And so if you don't know what to believe we, in an area, we probably have that area here. Leading a team, pregnancy, weight loss, ha ha. <laughs> Today's favor, responsibilities, influence, serving. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing today. And if you can't afford a book at the book table, just do what you can. We want to get content into you. And then just the slide, you go back to our slide. I do a podcast every week. Uh, so if you want to connect with what we're doing at Igniting Hope, I know anybody here just visiting uh, who's not a part of Bethel, part of the Igniting Hope family, yeah, just give a, a wave. Yeah, we see you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.